Inspiring interviews with today's top landlords. This is the Rental Income Podcast. And now, Dan Lane. Following Dave Ramsey's advice has definitely helped a lot of people get out of consumer debt. But Thomas, you think that following Dave Ramsey's advice when it comes to investing in rental properties is actually stopping a lot of people from building substantial wealth. I was a big Dave Ramsey fan for a long time. Listened to his, uh, I guess, the basic tenets of money. And, and I think he helps some people, but I think he hurts a lot of people because at the end of the day, uh, not all debt is bad. Um, we live in a different economy right now, and, and, and using debt smartly can help you gain tremendous amounts of wealth. And that's what Thomas has done. He's used debt to build his rental portfolio, but he's been careful to not take on more debt that he can handle. On the podcast today, we're going to see how you can smartly use leverage to build a lot of wealth with rental properties. Joining us on the podcast today from Chattanooga, Tennessee, is Thomas DeMoss. We'll take a quick break to thank our sponsors. We'll come right back and we'll talk to Thomas. It's a lot of work to find a really good rental property. And when you actually find that property, you want to make sure you're working with a lender that can get that loan closed. The lender that I recommend is Chaley Ridge from Ridge Lending Group. She's a nationwide lender and her specialty is helping investors finance rental properties. She has a ton of loan programs and she can find something customized to you for your situation. If you want to find out more or you're ready to get started today, just go to RidgeLendingGroup.com. That's R-I-D-G-E LendingGroup.com. NMLS 42056. This is a busy time of year. We all have a lot going on. Who has time to go to the grocery store and then sit down and prep meals? I know I don't, but it's still important for me to eat healthy. And that's why I've been using Factor. Every week, Factor sends me a big box that has all my meals for that week. Everything is fresh. Nothing is frozen. All I have to do is heat it up and dinner is ready. I love the variety. They have a big list that you can pick from to choose your meals for that week. Everything is dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. They also have breakfast and lunch options. Everything is totally customizable to your needs. Head to factormeals.com slash RIP50 and use code RIP50 to get 50% off. That's code RIP50 at factormeals.com slash RIP50 to get 50% off. I've put a lot of time, effort, and money into building my rental portfolio. It's something I'm very proud of, something I want to protect, and something I want to keep in my family for a long time. That's why I put together an estate plan. With Trust and Will, you can create and manage your own custom estate plan starting at just $199. Just go to trustandwill.com slash RIP and you'll get 10% off plus free document shipping. I thought about doing a will for a long time, but I thought it was going to be very complicated, confusing, and expensive, and I just kept putting it off. Luckily, I found trust and will, and the whole process could not have been easier. My wife and I sat down one Saturday morning over a cup of coffee. We went to trustandwill.com. They walked us through a series of questions, and at the end, we got our own state-specific and customized will for our needs. Trust and will has made estate planning easy and accessible for everybody, 
secure your assets, and protect your loved ones with trust and will. Get 10% off plus free shipping of your estate plan documents by visiting trustandwill.com slash RIP. That's 10% off and free shipping at trustandwill.com slash RIP. Rental Income Podcast. Let's talk about leverage. So you mentioned at the beginning that you've used leverage to to build your rental portfolio and that it's important to not over leverage. Like, what do you mean by that? Like, like how do you keep yourself from getting in trouble? So I view lenders as partners. Um, We're in a small town in Chattanooga. Everybody kind of knows everybody here. Uh, and so what I tell my lender partners, which are mostly local banks, is I'm not going to put you in a position to make you uncomfortable because I don't want to be uncomfortable. And I'll go back to even the way that we started. When, when we started, my wife and I were buying properties. She had a full-time job. I had a full-time job, both W-2 incomes. We were able to use those individual mortgages, the 30-year super low interest rates, um, to buy these properties. So we bought them in our personal name, which I know everybody has different feelings about. But if you do it the right way, it's a great way to get started. So you leverage your 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 consistent, your W-2 income to get really, really good uh, loans from, from lenders. And that that helped us be able to grow our portfolio like it did. And I'm just a big advocate where we don't over leverage. We always put 25% down, uh, in most cases, 20, 25% down. We've got probably a higher amount of equity in our properties than, than what most other investors would do. But it, it's, it, it's where I'm comfortable. It's where my lenders are comfortable. And, and being able to secure those relationships with those lenders has given me a, a huge advantage. I can go to them and essentially ask them for you know, almost whatever I want. And as long as it makes sense to them, which most of the time it does, you know, they'll, they'll give me the, the funding that I need. So if a property has a bunch of equity in there because the property is appreciated, you're not someone that's going to tap into that equity and take all of it out. I'm not. Um, I, I will say this, hindsight is twenty twenty. Uh, back in 21, late 21, 22, we did refinance just about all of our properties. I've got several properties that are paid off. Um, the balance that, that we try to find is sometimes there's just no outlet for the money. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Real estate is a finite resource, so you do have to balance having just too much cash on hand. And I think we've done a really good job with that. Um, it's the reason that I do not like selling properties. I, there, to me, there's more value in, in holding the asset forever mm-hmm. <laughs> than there is in that short term. Um, you know, it could be a, a large, a substantial gain in, in income. Yeah. It, do you also try to buy properties below market value? We buy everything below market okay. value. Okay. We do. We do. The last property, like I said, I, we, we used to buy properties off the MLS. You know, if you buy something off the MLS, you're paying what I would, what I would assume is market value. Yep. Um, you know, I, I will say we got some, some pretty good deals just because of the way we structured them. But because of our investment company, uh, because of the, the marketing that we do, 
everything that we buy is below market okay. value. All right. So you're buying below market value. You're putting down a 25% down payment. So you're the, the so that there's a, a ton of equity in the properties. And, and I, I guess that that protects you if you ever got into a, a tight spot and maybe you had to sell off a property and we're in a down market, you should always be able to sell a property if you had to. Right. 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 Okay. Absolutely. If we have to sell, we've, we've got the, the equity in those properties. Once again, it's kind of an emergency maneuver, if you will. Um, hopefully we'll never have to utilize that. Yeah. Well, let's talk about one of your properties here. I, I'd like to, to learn more about what you're buying. So m- maybe t- tell us about this property. How did you find it? So we bought a property here in Chattanooga. It's in the, uh, the East Brainerd area. Like I said, we do a lot of marketing. Um, we, we do some direct mail. We do a lot of SEO and, and pay-per-click type advertising through Google. This uh, individual, they had moved out of this property. They gave us a call. Um, my acquisition manager met with them. Uh, we treat everybody right. We're, we're, we're a for-profit business, but at the end of the day, we're going to try to solve whatever problem that they may have. And this property had just sat vacant. They had a lifestyle change. And so had a great conversation, put it under contract. Um, funny story is they were talking to a whole lot more people than us. And so uh, navigating that and actually getting to the closing table was a little bit of a challenge, but we did it. Um, we're able to buy the property. We closed on it and then we started our renovation process. So what did you end up buying the property for? We bought it for about $122,000. And did that get bid up because of the competition? It, it did not. Um, we, we're one of those people, we're going to do what we say we're going to do. Um, and so we've got a good reputation in the, the Chattanooga area. So some of the other folks that were that had a relationship with this house, we called them, explained exactly what happened. And they politely said, well, you're right. You have every bit, every, every bit of right to buy this house. So we're going to just back out. And awesome. we, we appreciated that. That's that, great. That's just how we do business. All right. So I imagine it needed a lot of work. What did you need to do to the property to bring it up to rental standards? So it had, first of all, a massive tree. I thought it was going to be the biggest tree I've ever seen until one of the houses that we just recently bought. Um, but we had to take this tree down because I'm a big believer in you remove any of the maintenance issues up front. Uh, and trees are a big one. Uh, I've never really seen, nor do I advocate for my tenants to get up on a ladder to clean the roof and, and the, uh, uh, the gutters out. Um, so we wanted to remove that first. Uh, obviously, we had to put a new roof on it. Um, it, it was in, it was in fairly good shape. So kind of the, the big things we, t- we did, we did a new roof. Uh, we put new, uh, vinyl plank flooring in there, which if you're not doing that, I would encourage it. Uh, I'm a, <laughs> I love restoring old wood floors, but every time we do it, they just don't last. So, uh, vinyl plank flooring right now is what we're putting in all of our properties. It's almost indestructible. Um, and so we just kind of cosmetically did the, the couple bathrooms and the kitchen and, and it turned out really great. It really did. All right. So one twenty two for the purchase. And then how much was the rehab? We put about 40,000 40, into 40,000. Okay. So, mm-hmm. so you're all in at about one sixty two. And then yeah. what did the house appraise for when it was all fixed so up? It, 
Yeah. So it actually appraised. And once again, we, we re, did a refi on this one. So the appraisal that we got was 220,000. 220. Okay. Wow. So, I mean, you've created quite a bit of, of equity right there. Right. Um, how did you initially buy the house? We bought it with cash. Cash. Okay. And this is cash mm-hmm. that you had saved up. Yeah, we've okay. got a couple of different lands. We we do have some some our own cash that we put into properties. We've also got some lines of credit. Once again, going back to those relationships with banks, um, we've got very favorable lines of credit. Some okay. some secured, some unsecured. All right. So then, after it was fixed up, you did a refi so that you could get your cash back to move on to the next property. Yes. How much was your loan for? <laughs> Yeah, so we were. This is right about the time when rates were starting to creep up, and we we weren't really happy about it. Uh, everything that we had refied before then, we were, uh, you know, in the fours. We started doing three point seven five, and it bumped up to you know five point six six. We refied this one at six percent, um, and we we put a loan on it of about one hundred twenty eight thousand dollars. One twenty eight. Okay, so the house is worth two twenty. And yep. your loan is one twenty eight. So, I mean, that's almost a hundred ninety two thousand. I mean, that, that's almost a hundred thousand right. dollars in equity. So, I mean, that, that goes back to what you're saying that you, you know you, you've got lots of equity in that property, and I, I think that um, that that's a pretty safe place to be. Um, so, all right, then let's talk about some numbers here for the the uh, mortgage. So, how much is your mortgage payment? Let's see. I think it's eight hundred and sixty-three dollars a month. Eight sixty-three. Okay, and does that include taxes and insurance? It, it does not. You're looking at about fifteen hundred bucks for taxes and insurance. I'm sorry for taxes, and then we're we're paying six hundred dollars in insurance, and that's over the year. The fifteen hundred. Okay, and that is annual. Okay, so so if you if you break that down with the principal and interest, and then you break the taxes and insurance down to a monthly amount, you're just over a thousand dollars. Is that yeah, sound about right? We're looking here at my spreadsheet. We're cash, what I call my monthly gross income, which takes the rent, which is we're renting it for $1,700 uh, minus my uh, mortgage and taxes and insurance. We're right at $680. 680. Okay. Yeah. And then yeah. for other expenses that, you know, so those are your fixed expenses, but for, expenses that come up from time to time repairs or, or vacancy. How do you budget for that? So one of the things that I've always done is I want to take care of the big ticket items first. Um, and, And my mentality is if I'm refinancing these properties and the bank is going to give me, let's say worst case scenario, 70% of my money back, I'm going to go ahead and take care of those big things, roof, HVAC, windows, water heater, all the things that I do not want to get phone calls for. So if if it is, let's say, three quarters of its uh, life, we're more than likely going to replace it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what we do. I, I definitely want to get all that taken care of first. Um, that's what's allowed some sanity in my life to not have to worry about getting those call, calls late at night of, you know, bus water heater, or air conditioner not working, roof leaking. So we do all that first. Uh, and then what I kind of use the rule of thumb, and obviously we've talked about inflation. Um, we started out doing about 250 bucks a month uh, because what I did is I took those big components and just averaged them out over the life. And that was about what I needed to put back 
per month in order to replace those. And obviously with inflation, you're probably looking at about $300 a month. Once again, we're, we're, we're trades people as well. So we get things a little bit cheaper than everybody else. So those are the numbers that we've been able to work, um, you know, for our, our system mm-hmm. processes. So uh, on a, uh, an actual monthly basis, do you actually put $300 into an account or when stuff comes up, do you just pay for it out of that month's cash flow for all your rental properties? Yeah, we pay for it out of that month's cash flow. Okay. Um, like, like I said, my mentality going back to is I've tried to live off what I'll call my active income, um, whatever that, but when I was working a W 2 job, it would have been the commissions that we earn. Now it's whatever, uh, commission agent commissions or assignment fees or flip profits that we make that's what we're going to try to live off of everything that we make in our rental income we're going to dump that bag into that bucket so that we can continue to acquire properties Mm, that's smart and you're just building up this war chest that you can use to to buy more properties when you come across absolutely so tell me about your your rentals and and what they've done for your life like how, how have the rentals made your life better So we bought our first property uh, here in Chattanooga back in 2004. Um, Shortly after that, um, you know, common story, Red Ridge, that poor dad. Um, When I was in college, one of the cool things that we rented a couple of houses and I saw these old guys that are just basically just tooled around all day coming to collect the rent. I'm like, well, that that seems like, you know, fairly easy lifestyle. And then obviously reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad kind of triggered that. And so like I said, we bought our first house back in 2004. Actually, it was in May. And as I was driving the neighborhoods around, I saw a, a for sale by owner sign. I called the, the, the gentleman and he said, listen, we're going through a divorce. If you'll just pay me what I owe, you can have it. Uh, we bought that house for $78,000. I still have it. Actually, I still have it to this day. Um, it was our very first rental. And our goal um, at the time was was essentially to uh, to get enough to replace my wife's income. And so we were able to accomplish that at about number 10. Um, she was, uh, felt called to be a stay at home mom. And so we were just about ready to, to start having children. And that was the first thing that we were, that, that rental properties were able to help us accomplish. So 10 properties, you were able to have your wife stay home. And then how many properties did it take before you were able to quit your job? So that's a good question. I, I have been technically retired from employment now for about six years. Um, as I mentioned, I've, I've got a background in marketing. I'm, I was a sales guy. Um, one of the things that I'm a big advocate of is don't quit your day job until you can. Um, and I loved what I did. We made good money. We didn't spend a lot of money. We saved a lot. Um, and so we continue to use our active income to fund uh, our, our passive income or our rentals. So pretty much everything that we made over and above what we needed to live off of, we would put that back into building our rental portfolio. So we didn't have to buy a lot of houses a year, but it was just slow and steady. Mm-hmm. And to answer your, your question specifically, rental properties. Um, yeah, it was, I think we got about, 20, 25 doors at a time. And I was able to step away. We were, we were, we're full-time real estate investors. Um, 
you know, we, we're home buyers. We do a little bit of everything in that, that industry. I also have my real estate license. So we're in the real estate, the residential real estate space, um, 100% now. All right. Yeah. I, I think that's interesting. So, all right. At 25 rental properties, you were, you had enough income to cover all your bills, but now you also freed up your time. And you don't seem like the kind of person that's going to be happy just sitting on the beach every day. So you've you've now taken your free time and you're making even more money. Well, what are you doing with with real estate full time? So we're full time real estate investors. Um, we have a company here in Chattanooga called Chattanooga Property Solutions. Uh, this all evolved uh, into kind of what it is today. As I mentioned before, um, I'm a sales and marketing guy. We had bought most of our properties off the MLS uh, up until, let's see, when was our last property? We did that about 2017 was kind of the last year that we actually bought a property off the MLS. And, and we were seeing that Chattanooga was becoming harder to find that inventory. So I started doing some direct mail. We started building a website. Um, and so that business kind of came. We, got, we were starting to get some off-market leads. Uh, the unfortunate thing uh, as far as why I got my real estate license is as a salesperson, I would meet with these homeowners um, myself. We would go in there and, and I don't like being able to, to, to not solve somebody's problem. So there were a couple conversations to where I couldn't really buy the house for what they needed. Uh, and I wanted the solution for them. So eventually I just got my license and I would switch hats. And for, so I actively was a, a real estate uh, or a, a real estate agent for two years working with clients, um, did really, really well until we kind of scaled that business out. And then our uh, real estate investment business was growing as well. So we're, we, we turned more of our agent stuff into a referral type business. Um, and then we could take, um, you know, take the properties that fit into what our core, uh, model was. Yeah. You know, I, I think that's smart because, you know, it's like, if you're only looking for rentals, you're going to come across deals that maybe don't make sense as a rental, but maybe they make sense as a, a flip or maybe a wholesale right. deal, or, you know, maybe if you're an agent, you can list it. So I, I think that's smart to kind of have different exit strategies or different, um, strategies on, what to do with the property or what to do with the deal that you find. Right. So. Right. Yeah. We, we get the question a lot from other uh, wholesalers and when we, we, we do uh, wholesaling as well, what's your buy box? And I tell people, I don't really have a buy box. We're going to try to monetize every lead that we, that, that comes through uh, our funnel. And that's yeah. what we do. It sounds like Thomas has a really good business. We didn't get to this door in the interview, but in case anyone is curious, Thomas has 42 doors. They're mainly single family houses, but he does have a couple of duplexes in there. All of his properties are in good neighborhoods and he self-manages everything. And one thing I was thinking about that I, I think it's just interesting to think about is that Thomas started buying rental properties initially so that his wife could leave her job. And then he kept on buying properties and eventually he was able to replace his salary. And what's interesting is that the rentals gave him the confidence to leave his job, knowing that all of his bills were going to be covered by the rental cash flow. But once he actually got to that point, 
he kept on working. He, he was just doing work that he was passionate about, work that he wanted to do. He, he loves real estate and he, he found other work to do in real estate. But what's interesting is that the rentals enabled him to have that confidence to leave his job, even though today that the rental income is more something he's using to build long-term wealth than to live on. It's just interesting to think how his use for the rental income really shifted over time from being something that, that he was going to live on to now something that he's using to build wealth. So just an interesting thing to, to think about. Well, if Thomas inspired you and you're ready to buy your first rental property or you want to add to your portfolio, the lender that I recommend is Chaley Ridge. She's a nationwide lender and her specialty is helping investors finance rental properties. She has a ton of different loan programs and she can find something customized to you for your situation. If you want to find out more or you want to set up a time to talk to Chaley personally, you can track her down at ridgelendinggroup.com. That's R-I-D-G-E lendinggroup.com, NMLS 42056. Thank you so much for checking out the podcast today. Make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button and you'll get notified every single Tuesday when I put out a new episode. My name is Dan Lane, and this has been the Rental Income Podcast. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. That's according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. That's according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things that I love about Indeed is that it makes the hiring all in one place so easy because you can message applicants directly on their platform. The last time I was looking to hire someone, it was very frustrating I would call or email candidates. It was very slow to get a response. It would have been a lot easier if I had used Indeed and was able to message candidates directly on the Indeed platform. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your job more visibility at Indeed.com slash RIP. Just go to Indeed.com slash RIP right now and support this show by saying you heard about it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash RIP. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I didn't like the idea that if something were to happen to me, my family was going to struggle financially. I mean, they're still going to have to pay the mortgage payment, car loans, credit cards, and whatever other living expenses they have. So I got life insurance, and it gives me a lot of peace of mind to know that they're not going to struggle. They're going to have some time to get back on their feet again. Policy Genius's technology makes it really easy to compare life insurance quotes from the top insurance companies in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. If you have life insurance through work, it may not offer enough protection for your family's needs, and it also might not follow you if you were to leave your job. 
With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. One of the things that I love about Policy Genius is that their agents work for you, not for the insurance companies, so you can trust their guidance. Save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise, and with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, Our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. I didn't like the idea that if something were to happen to me, my family was going to struggle financially. I mean, they're still going to have to pay the mortgage payment, car loans, credit cards, and whatever other living expenses they have. So I got life insurance, and it gives me a lot of peace of mind to know that they're not going to struggle. They're going to have some time to get back on their feet again. Policy Genius's technology makes it really easy to compare life insurance quotes from the top insurance companies in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. If you have life insurance through work, it may not offer enough protection for your family's needs, and it also might not follow you if you were to leave your job. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. One of the things that I love about Policy Genius is that their agents work for you, not for the insurance companies, so you can trust their guidance. Save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers.